You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Welcome to Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. I'm Nico Bakulich. And I'm Lauren O'Neill. And let's get biblical. Let's. Of course, we have to go over our rules as we do at the top of every episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm the one who was raised Christian. Um, I was raised Presbyterian. I taught Sunday school. I sang in the worship band, the whole nine yards. Um, that was not the name of the worship band. That was just a figure of speech. <laughs> the whole nine yards. Is that a, is that a biblical illusion? <laughs> and um, I am now an atheist, and I am reading the New International Version, or NIV, of the Bible. And I am the non-believing sort of Jew, and I'm reading the NRSV, the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. Also, this is not a Christian Bible study podcast. And it is not for children. We just like to put a blanket sort of trigger warning at the beginning of every episode because there ends up being so much terrible violence and like sexual violence um although i think that this episode should be pretty smooth <laughs> i think this one should go okay yeah does that mean you should invite the kiddos into the room no Definitely no not. it does not no keep those kiddos out the room yeah put your put your earbuds in and uh <laughs> tune out your kids as you put your earbuds always in do and turn your earbuds on <laughs> put something in front of the kids to entertain them like one of the f- fine films from the earbud franchise there's nothing in the rules that says you have to pay attention to your child. <laughs> um, so today we're talking about the book of Proverbs. That's right. So to start us off. Well, listeners, we did a weird thing. We did. Um, <laughs> we were at a quote unquote podium party. Uh, oh, I've heard of this before. <laughs> yeah, because you went to it. No mm-hmm. one else has heard of it. Okay. Um, we were on uh, Valencia Street in San Francisco at this spot, this little parklet where they have two podiums set up. Or podia, depending on how pedantic you want to be about it. Fair enough. Uh, and so we were at a party where people could just go up to the podium and talk about things and discuss issues, debate, whatever they wanted to do. Um, so we asked them to share Uh, some Proverbs with us for our episode on the book of Proverbs. And they don't necessarily, or they didn't necessarily have to be like real Proverbs or anything, although many of them turn out to be. Yes. So they could be just like lessons that people learn from their life. And we thought it was pretty interesting to just have a bunch of strangers talk about pithy phrases that influence them in one way or another. So uh, we edited it together and you're going to hear right now. I hope you enjoy it. One that I've come up with uh, being in sales is that everything somebody says before the word but is bullshit. Um, Okay, so this is uh, uh, a proverb from the Netherlands, which I think summarizes uh, 
the, the Dutch mindset very concisely, which is Doe normaal, dan doe je al gek genoeg. Which means just act normal and then you're already weird enough. <laughs> this is a traditional or classic proverb, but I guess a touchstone that's been very influential in my life for the last four years or so is be here now. I think the idea that life only exists right now, as some people propagate, is a bit of an oversimplification. But it's amazing how many problems can be solved by just like not worrying about things in the past or the future that I can't do anything about. Um, so there you have it. I think what I'm about to say will sound kind of like it opposes what you're saying. Um, but I was having a conversation with a friend recently, and what we eventually agreed on is that doing yoga will not solve police brutality. <laughs> These are all very serious proverbs. Uh, I'd like to share my favorite proverb. This is a Russian proverb. It is, после вкусного обеда вытри руки об соседа. And uh, this proverb means, after a delicious dinner, wipe your hands on your neighbor. I remember two Russian proverbs that my mom really likes. One is, which is, don't spit down the well, you'll get thirsty later. Um, the, <laughs> the other one is, uh, which is, <laughs> words aren't birds, once it flies away, you can't get it back. But as my mom combines them, she says, don't spit down the well, once it flies away, you can't get it back. So. Um, the thing I was thinking, it was not necessarily a proverb, but it's something that was very meaningful to me at some point in my life, which is that uh, don't compare your insides to other people's outsides. I don't know if you could call it a proverb, but I think Britney Spears says it really well in one of her songs. You wanna... And the, the quote goes, no. Uh, talking about the welfare state, um, you want a hot body, you want a Maserati, you better work, bitch. Uh, when I was a, a child, my grandmother always used to tell me, <laughs> which means if, you, if the grandma's not on the cart, it's like way easier for the horse. And I used to confuse the shit out of me because I thought she was like secretly saying like, kill me, please. <laughs> I don't know what it means. <laughs> I'm from Alaska, and uh, we're very close to Russia, so we have a lot of weird sayings. <laughs> I feel like this one is a good one to... Russia from your house? There are places where you can see Russia from Alaska. How dare you? <laughs> uh, but this is a good one to close it all out. Uh, there's a very popular t-shirt where I come from. It says, life's a fish and then you fry. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed that. I like the one about the Russian grandma, even though I still don't 100% understand what that means. You know, it is true what they say. <laughs> you want a hot body? You want a Maserati? You better work, bitch. <laughs> On that note, here's what you need to know about the book of Proverbs. Okay. I guess it's time for us to get to work. On this podcast. On this bitch. <laughs> oh, my. Um, the Bible, she does not like that. So, yeah, especially not this book, but okay. Uh, the Hebrew name for the book of Proverbs is actually Mishle, meaning 
of Solomon. Of Sol, it's just of Solomon. Yes. So does like do they always precede these with book of or something like that or book? It's like the word of is a prefix that's Oof, always. I'm getting bored. Sorry, can we not do that? It's always attached <laughs> to the word, like it's not its own separate word. So it's like it makes sense in Hebrew, um, but it's weird because like in Hebrew, Solomon is Shlomo. Okay. So then like Mishle, it's mm-hmm. like even abbreviated from that. So like it's just like the shl is actually the only part that indicates Solomon. It's kind of weird. Anyway, Mishle is what it's called. Um, of Solomon, because most of the proverbs in this book are traditionally ascribed to Solomon, mm-hmm. although that's probably not true at all. <laughs> um, I mean, my Bible says like it's probably not literally true, but like probably a lot of them were, you know. <laughs> sure. It actually does point out though in my footnotes that some of them have like Aramaic spelling that's uh, like indicates that they're not written by Israelites originally. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was interesting. That is interesting. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's Proverbs. Like you just heard, you know, <laughs> a bird in the hands worth two in the bush, never follow a hippie to a second location, that mm-hmm. type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, won't get fooled again. That's right, baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what were your, uh, what were your overall impressions of the book of Proverbs? I had mixed reactions to this book let's say, because it's broken up into, into into like roughly two sections. There's the first part, which is sort of like a, a treatise on wisdom. Mm-hmm. It's like really trying to hammer home how you get wisdom and how important it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second half is just a whole bunch of proverbs, like one-liners that are like, here's how to be a good person. Yeah. Although still a lot of them are just about like, Wisdom is good. And you're like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Wisdom is good. And a fool is foolish. Yeah. <laughs> they also all have that rhythm. Mm-hmm. They, it's like, it had the cadence of a proverb is, wisdom is good and a fool is foolish. That's, That's right. like the archetypical rhythm. So I will say that, and I, we'll get into this later when we finally rate this book, but some of the the just reading the proverbs the ones that are specifically like hey you should just be a good person and like try to do your best Mm -hmm. and like good people get rewarded like that's pretty positive stuff it's nice to read that Mm -hmm. it's nice to be like oh yeah you just should be like an honest person because it's probably a good idea that portion of it is is pretty straightforward i did enjoy all of the personified wisdom stuff at the beginning of that oh yeah yeah do you want to share some of that uh yeah so like wisdom is personified as a woman yes which is a, it's a classic thing right. in, in wisdom literature. Right. Just like Athena sprung fully formed from the mind of Zeus. So wisdom was God's first companion even before the creation of the universe, mm-hmm. uh, which I liked. God needed wisdom in order to create the universe. Yeah. So that was the thing that he had by his side before there was anything else. In this setting, she's like a lady that's admonishing people. She's like, here's what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Her characterization as like a, as like a smart lady was pretty cool. The fact that that like wisdom is is like so central to to being a, a good and godly person, and it's a lady, I approve of that. A okay. However, however, that uh, <laughs> that's that's why I have mixed opinions about the book. However, <laughs> the rest of the proverbs, mm-hmm. like women, only exist as sluts mm-hmm. or as nags. That's right. So. Let me. How how important do you think the distinction is between adulteress and prostitute? 
I mean, basically non-existent. Like they seem to be used interchangeably. Um, so there's there's a lot of stuff about adulteresses. There is. Um, slash other men's wives. Mm-hmm. Slash uh, prostitutes. Mm-hmm. What I like, I mean, quote unquote like, is that they always have, quote, crafty intent, persuasive words, smooth talk. In this world, like according to the people who wrote these proverbs, like there's no there's no such thing as mutual attraction. There's no such thing as like a man hitting on a woman. It's always just like women are just walking around plotting Mm -hmm. about how to get men have sex with them. And the men, they don't want to do it. They just get tricked into it. Like the words are so smooth that they just can't help it. Also, I really like. So if these are supposed to be by Solomon, Mm -hmm. Solomon has like a thousand wives and concubines. He does. So he's like, you know, well, don't have sex with other men's wives. Yeah, because they're all your wives. Like there's no one left. There's no unmarried (laughs) women left to have sex with. You know, it's like don't have sex with married women because they're like probably married to me. (laughs) I mean, statistically statistically speaking, speaking, yes, they are probably married to him. (laughs) However, I do really like the proverb, uh, like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman who shows no discretion. I also wrote that down. It's just, A, it's really close to the modern English language proverb of like putting lipstick on a pig. It's like bizarrely similar. It is. And then B, I also just really love the image of a pig with a nose ring. I'm just imagining like that, (laughs) like, you know, those those like septum piercings that are super on trend right now with like... You know, like a little uh, detailing on it, mm-hmm. and just, mm-hmm. but just like on a pig. <laughs> the other thing that women can be is uh, nags, mm-hmm. nagging wives. A quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping. Like faucets don't even exist yet, and you're already using them to be sexist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also like uh, better to live on a corner of the roof, and also better to live in a desert. Than to live with a quarrelsome wife. Uh oh. What's a quarrelsome wife, Lauren? We all know what a quarrelsome wife is, baby. It's a the old lady, the ball and chain. Oh. The bitter half. <laughs> <laughs> Slam. So there's a section in chapter seven where it's actually like a narration of an adulteress uh, enticing a man. Did yes. you read that? Yes. Do you want to? Yeah. It's pretty great so a woman comes toward him this is wisdom narrating a a scenario describing how a good man is led astray Mm -hmm. Um, then a woman comes toward him decked out like a prostitute wily of heart she is loud and wayward her feet do not stay at home oh snap now in the street now in the squares and at every corner she lies in wait she seizes him and kisses him and with impudent face she says to him I had to offer sacrifices, and today I have paid my vows. So now I have come out to meet you, to seek you eagerly, and I have found you. I have decked my couch with coverings, colored spreads of Egyptian linen. (laughs) I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with love. For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took a bag of money with him. He will not (laughs) become home until full moon. That's great. And right away he follows her and goes like an ox to the slaughter. Is this the first penthouse letter? (laughs) (laughs) Dear Wisdom Incarnate, I never thought it would happen to me. I never thought I would see a bed perfumed with myrrh and aloe. (laughs) 
She said her husband had gone away with a bag of money. It wouldn't be back until full moon. I think there is one proverb in here um, that I wrote down. 14, 14 one. Mm-hmm. The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. Mm-hmm. That's the only one that's like about a woman that isn't explicitly about either being a slut or a nag. Sure. But I think that's like what it's implicitly about. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Based on the rest of the context uh-huh. of like all the misogynistic shit in the rest of the book. Okay, so we've gotten, we've kind of gotten into it. But um, another one of my general impressions was... Um, you know, last episode for Psalms, we were talking about, or I was talking about, um, how suddenly I really recognized a lot of Christian principles uh-huh. in Psalms. Yeah. That was a big moment on that episode. <laughs> it was a big moment in my life. Um, so I kind of see that going on in Proverbs too. Not mm-hmm. as much, but um, Proverbs twenty four twenty nine says, do not say I'll do to him as he has done to me. I'll pay that man back for what he did. Uh, in the next chapter, 25, 21, we get, if your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. Mm-hmm. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. Which, as I remember it, somebody fell out of favor with God for doing that very thing in the Old Testament. Who? I can't remember oh. now. I think it was in Kings. I don't. Was, oh, yeah, yeah, there was that that prophet. Yes, he got in trouble because instead of punishing his enemies or the enemies of the state, he invited them in to eat when they were hungry. Something like that, yeah, yeah. I think we cut that for time. Well, no, we didn't cut it from the Bible. It's still there. Oh, yeah. Well, I cut it out of my Bible, but <laughs> if you look it up, you'll find it. Um, Do you need special scissors to cut through gilded pages? <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> you can... Rip it apart with... Is that a metaphor? The tiniest exertion. (laughs) Anyway, um, so this stuff is kind of like Jesus saying, you know, turn the other cheek. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I'm kind of beginning to wonder if the Old Testament versus the New Testament is kind of a false dichotomy. Mm. Um, Like, we always talk about Jesus as being the one who repudiates the laws from the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. like an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, which we did see in the very early Old Testament in the Torah. Um, But, like, it's already being – those ideas are already being expressed here, and this is hundreds of years before Jesus. That's true. I mean, obviously, it hasn't been crystallized in exactly the same way, but um, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of questioning whether this whole, like – Old Testament versus New Testament thing is even real the way, or I mean, it's real, obviously, but like is even, uh, even works the way that popular culture says that it works, huh. you know, like Old Testament equals vengeful God, New Testament equals forgiving God. For sure. Maybe it's not really that clear cut. Well, I think the only way to f- find out for sure is to keep reading this dig dag Bible, baby. Well, luckily we've uh, committed to doing that for the next like year. <laughs> yep. So let's keep an eye on that. All right. Because I don't have any answers for you. You don't? No, I reached deep within myself. You weren't looking, but I did. I thought you were the expert on this shit. That's the whole basis of this podcast. <laughs> Is that You're the basis a of biblical the scholar. Oh. And I'm uh, some schmuck who asks questions about sluts and nags. Right? <laughs> Ask questions about sluts, comma, and nags. Right? <laughs> yep. That's me. I'm a lady in a long-term relationship. Heterosexuality. So some other general things about Proverbs. Mm -hmm. One is that it doesn't mention the trials of Israel. All of this advice 
and everything. But it doesn't talk about the trials of Israel, hmm. it, like the traditional ones, you know, like Exodus, for right, example. Right, which has been mentioned like, I mean, like Psalms included several Psalms that just like told the story of Moses. Yes. And it includes a little talk about covenants and lamps and whatnot. By the way, I figured out what a lamp was during this book. What's that? A while ago, I was like, their people carry a lamp? What the hell does that mean? And you were like, you'll see in a little while. I was? Yes, you said that. Whether you meant it or not, that's what you told me. <laughs> okay. And then this time I'm figuring it out. You carry a lamp means you got a covenant. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyway, there's sure. some stuff that mentioned covenants, but not like explicitly. They don't describe, you know, the covenant with Abraham uh-huh. that were and like all the how that deal worked out or whatever. They don't. They don't talk about a lot of specifics from the rest of the book. It's all pretty separate in, in Proverbs, you know, mm-hmm. and it's all human scale kind of stuff. That's true. Yeah. You know, it's like things that you would do in your regular life, not like the actions of nations, for example. That's like true. a lot of the history was about kings and queens and armies and finding the actions of God in those. This is like glorifying God through a person's actions. Yeah. So it's interesting in that way that it, we've gotten pretty far away from the stuff at the beginning of the Bible. Yeah. In terms of both time and thematically and even like I'm saying, like, like rhetorically, this, rhetorically, it's yeah. not even really referencing the same stuff, even though it uses some of the same language. Yeah. I mean, and it does it does mention God a lot, mm-hmm. but it but it's about like everyday activities. Absolutely. Yeah. Like a lot of these could be true. Are true without God. Right. They would be just advice. Yeah. <laughs> just on how to be a person. Yeah. How to be a person in the world. That's right. It's Heather Haverleski's new book. <laughs> So I think we've dicked around enough, and it's time to get into the meat of these proverbs. I love talking about dicking around in meat. <laughs> you made me do that. I, did I? Did I make you do yes, that? Yes, you did. Listeners, you made me. You'll never know. You coerced me into it. <laughs> but before we do that, I think it's important that we take a moment f- for reflection. And in your case, atonement. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's take a little break. Okay, and then uh, we'll come back. Uh, you know, cleansed of sin. Yeah, we'll come back, uh, fighting fit, and full of piss. Great, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> All right, we'll see you in a second, listeners. All right, bye, bye. Welcome back to Sunday School Dropouts. I'm Lauren. And I'm Nico. And we are talking about the book of Proverbs. Nico, do you remember, um, 
a few months ago <laughs> when uh, erstwhile presidential candidate Ben Carson was uh, interviewed and pictures of his house uh, hit the internet? No, no, I don't. Um, he has very interesting home decor aesthetic. Okay. Involves a lot of pictures. Seapunk, I assume. And <laughs> it's like um, Seapunk, Christian Seapunk. A lot of pictures capital of, C punk. of him and Jesus. Uh-huh. Um, and also engraved into one of the, one of his walls is uh, a verse from the book of Proverbs. Okay. And it says, uh, by humility and fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. And then it says, Proverbs. 22-4. And every single uh, first letter is capitalized. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, like As if it were in German? As if it were in, like, as if somebody's aunt had written it on Facebook, you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. By humility and fear of, you know, like, it's all capitalized. Sure. Except for the word proverbs, which also is missing an R. And uh, also all the, like, it looks like... <laughs> I mean, it definitely looks like it was uh, chiseled by hand, shall mm-hmm. we say. Anyway, uh, Mr. Ben Carson was on my mind as I read this book of proverbs. <laughs> when isn't he on our mind, though? That's true. I hope he's doing well. I think he's doing pretty bad. Um, but we have some famous proverbs to talk about. We do. Uh, we've got Proverbs thirteen twenty four: He who spares the rod hates his son. Yeah, that's a classic. Or spoils the child, as the classic goes. Right. Uh, Proverbs. How do you feel 16, about that? How do you feel about that? How do I feel about it? Yeah, positive, negative. Um, I mean, I'm against child abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do like supporting our American rod industry. <laughs> I do like the word "son." <laughs> uh, the funniest words in the English language are "boy" and "son." Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, I do like he who spares the rod hates his large son. Of course, uh-huh. that's a. Uh... I, you might be alone in that sentence. <laughs> I don't think so. I think Weird Twitter would agree with me. Also, throughout the whole book of Proverbs, there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff about wise sons, mm-hmm. um, which is a fantastic, if slightly overpriced, Jewish deli in San Francisco. We'll call it very overpriced. But... If, if y'all are ever in San Francisco and you want good bagels, probably wise sons is the place to go. How do you feel about the phrase, those who follow worthless pursuits have no sense seems all right Doesn't that seems straightforward yeah. does that re- is that required in our like book of holy wisdom uh i mean in this day and age with the internet and all who can say uh we also have jesus <laughs> that's your line that's your go-to line i just quoted it at you uh we also have pride goes before destruction a haughty spirit before a fall mm-hmm. that's proverbs sixteen eighteen. well what about this I found this very applicable to my life, especially recently. Anxiety weighs down the human heart. Did you know that? Hmm. I feel that. Also, what about this? Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. I don't know what that means. There's a lot of these where it's like, I don't know what that means, but it sounds right. It sounds right, but I feel like one of the words might be wrong because I don't understand what hope deferred means. What does that mean? Um, you know, like a dream deferred, Langston Hughes, Harlem Renaissance. All right. You're just saying things. You're not <laughs> it's not my fault. My you're not well read enough. 
Isn't it your fault, though? Uh, no. <laughs> Let me think about it. No. Asked and answered. All right. Um, How about the heart knows its own bitterness and no stranger shares its joy? Ooh, that's interesting. I kind of like that. I like it, too. There's lots of good stuff about the heart in here. Yeah. Um, what do I have? Uh, even in laughter, the heart may ache. Even in laughter, the heart may ache. Yeah. That reminds me of that moment when people were cheering for joy and crying at the same time. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. In um, the book of Ezra or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. At the at the refoundation of Jerusalem. Yeah. Speaking of proverbs about the heart, mm-hmm. I also liked proverbs about the bones <laughs> because I ever since we read Job uh-huh. and it talked about like the rich man, like his his bones are rich with marrow. Mm-hmm. I've been like I've been thinking about like bones rich in marrow ever since then. <laughs> so I really liked uh, envy rots the bones. Uh-huh. It's uh, Proverbs fourteen thirty, and good news gives health to the bones. Good news gives health to yes. the bones. Proverbs fifteen thirty. That's funky. There were some in here about rich people and poor people mm-hmm. that I found confusing because right. I don't understand. Like I understand that the point is partially that like being rich isn't a virtue, mm-hmm. you know, but in some cases it is an example of like a virtuous life because the vir- is like the righteous are rewarded, mm-hmm. but in some cases not. Well, it seems like in this book, uh-huh. not it's not a hundred percent consistent, but it seems like the reward is like there's one that's like let me not be rich and let me not be poor, but just give me my daily bread. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously paraphrasing, but it seems like the reward is like yeah, you have enough, you have enough to like live comfortably. You're not like suffering for want of material needs but you're also not rich right but then how does that explain something like the poor are disliked even by their neighbors but the rich have many friends Hmm. i mean Hmm. i guess i guess it's not like an inherently evil thing to be disliked you know you could Mm -hmm. be righteous and be disliked so i guess it could just sort of be like tangential to the whole how to be righteous and good conversation Mm -hmm. but if so like why is it in among all these other things it could also be like I mean, I don't know. This is just speculation saying that the poor experience injustice mm-hmm. unfairly and the rich experience privilege unfairly. Mm. I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. You know what? You've given me a lot to think about. <laughs> uh, let's lighten it up for a little bit. No. And let me read a, some proverbs about sluggards. Excuse me? Sluggards. I really don't like that word. The sluggard. You know, I don't like that kind of language. In the my sluggard. House. Buries his hand in the dish. He will not even bring it back to his mouth. I love this man. I love this man who is so lazy that he just sticks his hand in his food and can't even bring it back up to his mouth. It's like, I've done half the work and I'm already so tired. It's like, just so lazy. I mean, how many times have I sat on the couch reloading Twitter and there's like one new tweet and I have to pee so bad, (laughs) but like I'm too lazy to get up. I would rather just reload Twitter. Like I really identify with this sluggard also uh the sluggard says there is a lion outside or i will be murdered in the streets what does that mean he can't go out i don't know he's too lazy to go out i don't know i don't know but i love him (laughs) what about this in terms of things i don't understand sometimes there is a way that seems to be right but in the end it is the way to death (laughs) 
Can't deny that. That's just true. I guess, but how is that helpful? How is that helpful advice? A lot of them aren't helpful because they're just like, wisdom is good. And I'm like, yeah, I know that, but you need to tell me how to be wise. Like, I already know wisdom is good. I'm not reading this to learn that wisdom is good. I'm reading this to figure out how to be wise. The Bible does seem to have a strong preference for the for staying silent and for listening. Yes. Which I appreciate. Uh-huh. I think that is a that's a that's a good virtue. It says even fools who keep silent are considered wise, which is sort of like a halfway proverb. You know, it's like not actually how to be wise, but how to seem wise, mm-hmm. which I feel that's just like a nice life hack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I also like how this book puts so much emphasis on not starting fights. I have um I wrote down 1714, starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam, so drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. Mm -hmm. He who loves quarrel loves sin. (laughs) And I also have, uh, whoever corrects a mocker invites insult, whoever rebukes a wicked man incurs abuse. Mm. Just basically like, don't feed the trolls. Yeah, that's a good point. Also, sort of on that point, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing personal opinion. Oh, man. Like... A lot of these are should be posted on websites like above the comment section. That's probably true. You know? I mean, that is definitely true. It's ways to make people <laughs> think about what the fuck they're saying. I also have Oh, I have if you if you have put up security for your neighbor, if you have struck hands in a pledge for another. Mm-hmm. I didn't write down the second half because I was just so excited that apparently Israelites seal deals with a high five. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure you got the whole correct message from that one, but it's okay. It's okay. I appreciate you trying. Uh, something I wish I could tell some of my editing clients. Mm-hmm. He who hates correction is stupid. <laughs> Proverbs 12.1. <laughs> Just put that on your business card. What I want on my business card is differing weights are an abomination to the Lord and false scales are not good. Oh, I don't actually put that on my business card. It would be confusing and maybe a little intimidating. It would make sense if you were a Libra, but you're not. It's true. It's true. What about this one? This one reminded me of the trials of Israel, even though as we discussed, they didn't actually discuss them. Do not remove the ancient landmark that your ancestors set up. Oh, yeah. Hey, some of those landmarks, God fucking hates. Dude. (laughs) You should really remove some of those landmarks that your ancestors set up. Like... They prevented a lot of people from, I guess, not going to heaven because they didn't have the afterlife yet. But but this might have been one of the kernels of wisdom that yeah. prevented the favor of God from, you know, staying with the Israelites staying during with, times of trouble. For example, Solomon, mm-hmm. who didn't get rid of the high places, quote unquote, mm-hmm. that his Moabite wives, among the thousands of wives and concubines that he had, built to... Uh, pagan idols such as Asherah and Baal. Speaking of wives and mistresses, did you know that a prostitute is a deep pit, an adulteress is a narrow well? Yes. Oh my God. There were so many comparisons of like, like an adulteress or whatever to like death. Mm-hmm. It was like, um, like following wise advice will save you from the adulteress for her house leads down to death and her paths to the spirit of the dead. It's like, so Freudian. Mm-hmm. It's like the womb is death. Like there's a dark hole and I don't understand, you know? <laughs> 
So this brings me sort of to a proverb that I want to discuss in in some depth. I wouldn't exactly call it Freudian, maybe more Jungian. Okay. If we're getting specific. Okay. And don't quote me on that. I'm familiar with the works of Carl Jung. <laughs> but the way that this discussion came to me, or the interesting parts about it, is like kind of like a wiki wormhole situation. Okay. You know, where you just start like following related pages or see also on Wikipedia? Yes. So I was reading about the book of Proverbs, which is the book that we're talking about right now in this episode. It is? Just to reset for you. Holy shit. In case you're tuning in right now. Holy shit. But I found an entry on Wikipedia specifically for one proverb. Okay. Which is, like a dog that returns to its vomit is a fool who reverts to his folly. Nice. Now, you didn't grow up with dogs. Uh, no, I didn't. But they very literally, they eat, they eat their vomit immediately. Yeah. They throw it up and then they immediately start eating it. <laughs> that's... No, I mean, I, under, I understand that, that that's why... That's it's literally true. Like, it's not even a metaphor. It's true. So... Linked on that page, the page for this proverb, uh -huh. like a dog, etc., like a dog to its vomit. We'll just call it like a dog to its vomit. All right. Why not? <laughs> linked on that page was a link to Sphex, S-P-H-E-X. Sphex? Sphex. Sphex. Okay, not Sphinx. N not Sphinx. Not sex. Not sex. Is it a sex Sphinx? <laughs> it's kind of like a sex Sphinx. Okay. It's actually... A type of digging wasp. Digging wasp? Yes. So these are these are big, nasty wasps that have paralyzing poison. Okay. One of the things that characterizes this type of wasp, digging wasps, okay. is they prepare nests before the breeding season. So they go around in their area and they prepare these nests in very specific ways. And then later on in the breeding season, they go lay eggs in them. Okay. In the study of like cognition and like animal behavior and thought, mm -hmm. they've been pretty important because people have studied the way that they prepare these nests. Okay. As a way of looking into like behavioral loops or like pre-programmed actions and contrasting like instinct versus like thought and stuff like that specifically. So check this out. I'm checking. So some of the things that, they, that scientists notice about these sphex wasps is that these they, sex sphinxes. The yes. sex sphinxes, yes. Is that they always drag prey that they've paralyzed with their poison, and then they leave the so they, they leave the like paralyzed prey in the nest, so that when they lay their eggs and the eggs hatch, the new wasps have like a food stuff, source stuff to feed on. Uh huh. So one thing is that they always drag their prey by the antenna into the nests. Weird. Their prey is other insects. Right. If the prey doesn't have antenna, they will not drag it. Really? They will ignore it. It's, it's as if there was no other way to get the prey into the nest than dragging it by the antenna. Interesting. So another thing that these wasps do is each time they drag uh, prey to a nest, so the prey is anesthetized, they drag the prey to the entrance to the nest, and then they go inside the nest, and they leave the prey at the entrance, and then they go inside the nest and inspect it they make sure everything is okay okay and they pick out a spot or they move things around to make sure everything is in a proper order because there's a very particular way that these nests are supposed to look after they come outside they grab the prey and they put it back in and they put it inside the nest after completing the inspection uh-huh however what researchers did is they observed 
these sphex wasps drop the prey at the entrance, go and do the inspection. And then while they were doing the inspection, they moved the prey a couple of inches away from the entrance. Uh-huh. The wasp would come outside. They wouldn't see the prey anymore. They would go start looking around. They would find the prey, drag the prey to the entrance, start to do an inspection. I see. They would move the prey away a couple inches. The sphex would come out, lose track of the prey, find the prey, drag it back to the entrance, and start doing an inspection again. They could never complete the loop because they didn't have, like, it, it wasn't like a logical step uh-huh. or anything like that. It's like a weird loop that they get into. And if they get out of the loop, they can't take the parts out of the loop. You know, it's like one whole thing that they have to complete or else it doesn't work. So these wasps have obsessive compulsive disorder, A. Eh? So that's that's so that's why this proverb was like linked to this particular type of wasp. It's because in cognition like theory, they were held up as an example of pre-programmed behavior. And about talk and it's a, it's an easy way into talking about what are our loops that we get into mm-hmm. and like what are our like free will decisions. And that's like a dog eating its vomit. That's like a Or loop. like a fool returning to folly every uh-huh. time. Like a fool is a fool. Uh-huh. The only thing that defines a fool is that they return to a return to their folly. You know, that's really interesting because it's like that's kind of a fundamental element of like human psychology. Mm-hmm. How do you mean? People get stuck in loops. Like it's more common to be stuck in a loop mm-hmm. than to not be stuck in a loop. I definitely agree. So like People take the traumas of their of their early years and they try to recreate them with a but but end it differently. Mm -hmm. Like Batman. Like Batman. Sure. I don't I don't know enough about Batman. Batman's parents were killed when he was young by criminals. And so Uh he tries to recreate the loop over and over again, except at the end of the loop, he beats up the criminals. Exactly. Yeah. Letting the innocent die. I mean, it's like the idea of like returning to the scene of the crime Mm -hmm. or um. Like the movie Vertigo, mm-hmm. I think, is really based on the idea of like you try to tell the same story but change the ending instead of trying to move on to a new story. Or like the Sphex wasp should do, break down the cycle into its component parts and, uh-huh. and try to figure out which one has gone wrong. Who are you to say what a Sphex wasp should do? Well, I'm just saying if the goal of the wasp is to prepare its nest. You don't know what the goal of the wasp is. You're I'm- not a wasp. <laughs> I'm a wasp. <laughs> so anyway, that led to the that led to the creation of the word sveksish, which sounds like Yiddish, but is not. Interesting. Sveksish. <laughs> but Got it, it. But it refers to behavior that is pre-programmed or as as if pre-programmed, you know, that you just keep doing the same same thing without acknowledging its component parts or without treating or without it. acknowledging that you're eating vomit. You didn't. You didn't even know that you were spending all your days eating eating vomit. Interesting. So that's that's the wormhole that that proverbs led me down, which I thought was pretty interesting. That's pretty cool. There were a lot of proverbs in here that I thought were actually pretty wise. Um, hmm. Like, all a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. I mean, I don't believe in like the Lord, but you know, like everybody thinks they're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um. He who mocks the poor shows contempt for their maker. I think that's... I think Again, that's, I don't believe in a maker, but like, better a dry crust with peace and quiet than a house full of feasting with spite. Yes, that's absolutely true. You know I love me some peace and quiet. 
And how much do you love feasting with Sprite? Very little. Very little. I only love the feasting part, not the Sprite. Mm. 50%. <laughs> One that stuck out to me is very true. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. This is describing this is describing the ideal woman at the very end of the book. Huh. She laughs the time to come. What does that mean? She's she's uh she understands that the future is the future and it doesn't have any impact upon the present, you know. Fair enough. It's pretty zen for the Bible. Well, she's got strength and dignity as her clothing. She's prepared for anything. <laughs> I also have if you find honey, eat just enough. Too much of it and you mm-hmm. will vomit. Yeah. I mean that's true. That's just good advice. Yeah. Just don't eat that. Don't eat too much honey. You should only eat as much honey as Samson did when he found that honeycomb in the belly of a lion. Or one time. Or mm-hmm. Jonathan. Oh, that's right. Jonathan in the forest. Yeah. When all the rest of the soldiers were forbidden from eating honey, and then he got like a huge energy boost from it, and he was like, Look how bright my eyes are. <laughs> <laughs> I just ate a shitload of honey. But not that much, because otherwise I'd vomit. That's true. So there are plenty of biblical examples, if you want, about how much honey to eat. It's true. Um, I also liked, uh, like, vinegar poured on soda is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. They fucking had science fair volcanoes back then? How did they know about vinegar and baking soda? It's easy, baby. You just make a volcano that way. So, like, if you act happy to your sad friend, you're you're making their heart a science fair volcano. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My Heart is a Science Fair Volcano is the name of my, like, nerdcore album. Yes, perfect. Uh, on that note. <laughs> on that note? I don't know. On that note, how about we rate this book? Oh, wait. Wait. I'm sorry. We missed something important. Go for it. We missed the sayings of Augur. Okay. Do you remember the sayings of Augur that was like, there are three things that do this, four things that do this. Yes. So it was a bunch of lists of things that are three things, but also at the same time, four things. Yes. Like there are six things despised by the Lord, but there are seven that the Lord hates. No, it's our, it's always three and four. <laughs> and uh, for example, four things uh, that the speaker doesn't understand. The way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a snake on the rock, the way of a ship on the high seas. And the way of a man with a maiden. <laughs> this, these are things that the speaker doesn't understand? Yeah. Okay, so this is ICP's how do magnets work, Yeah, right? except for virgins. Okay. Uh, there's also four things on the earth are small, yet they are extremely wise. Do you remember the four uh, small, wise I can't say that sons I do. of the earth? No. Ants, conies, locusts, and lizards. <laughs> There you have it. Seems like he pretty much just named the four small things that he thought of first. That he could think of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and conies aren't even that small. No, and rabbits are not wise. I don't understand how you could look at a rabbit or a coney and think, that's a wise creature. They look terrified all the time. Seems like they're barely functioning. I think a coney is a rock hyrax. What? That's what they have in Israel anyway. The... Oh my God. I don't even know what the fuck a rock hyrax is. Well, let me tell you, it's the closest biological relative to the elephant oh i guess elephants are pretty wise so, so does that make rock hyraxes wise too i don't see why not okay see when i hear coney i think raboat you hear you think rabbi i think raboat what's a raboat it's like a, it's like a rabbit boat 
A rabbit boat. It's a boat full of rabbits. Okay. Well, that sounds cute. <laughs> but wise? Does it sound wise? Is there wisdom in a rabbit boat? I don't know. I, One might ask. I really, I honestly don't know. Oh, also, another note that I had. Uh, Proverbs 26.4, do not answer a fool according to his folly. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 26.5, answer a fool according to his folly. That's an intentional thing. I know. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Sometimes you got to answer a fool according to his folly. It lays out the positives and negatives for both not answering a fool for his folly and answering a fool it's for like his different folly. different cases. Sometimes mm-hmm. you got to. Yeah. That's that's a good wisdom because yeah. wisdom is wisdom is situation able, based. It, absolutely, it's situational. It's being able to apply the things that you know in the correct way. Okay, now let's rate this fucking book. Okay, how would you rate this book, my dear? I think I'm going to give it four out of six quarrelsome wives. Oh, so you know, very very misogynistic, just like yep. Almost cartoonishly misogynistic mm-hmm. with like the exact same stereotypes that we still have today. <laughs> the exact same ones. They're um, 2,800 years old. Yeah. Can you believe that? <laughs> and we're just like, well, women shouldn't talk. It's pretty annoying when they do. <laughs> I hate it when my wife talks because I just want to be silent. But <laughs> there's... um. There's also some like good uh, good wisdom in here. I liked a lot of it. I thought it was genuinely wise and uh, interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. So uh, so four out of six, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat. I gave it three out of five narrow wells. Narrow wells. That's the the whore in the virgin horror dichotomy. <laughs> Wait, maybe that's the virgin. <laughs> I'm not going to speculate. All right. Keep think, going. Keep going. I think it would be better if I didn't. Go on. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's some quality wisdom in here. Um, I actually found it pretty soothing to to like read a bunch of proverbs that are like, hey, just be a good person. Like, listen to your friends. Like, pay attention and try to be good. Mm-hmm. And that's probably what God will like. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I find that I, th- I found that actually kind of soothing to just read that stuff. Um, at the same time, Yeah. Treats women like shit. They're supposed to shut up and be like tools of men and yeah. support them. Yeah. And not have any agency of their own. Um, but wisdom is a woman. But I guess that makes sense because like she supports God or something like that. Yeah. And she can lend her powers to you for the low, low price of and whatever. She's also like the foil to these sinful earthly women, you know. Right. She like shows what a what a real woman a real virtuous woman. It's like be. she's a 10, but she's also attainable. <laughs> she's a dime. She's <laughs> a dime piece. So confusing, but intriguing. Yeah. But like um, as much as it's gross to think like these stereotypes have been around for so long, mm-hmm. um, it's also really interesting to see advice from hundreds and hundreds of years ago mm-hmm. that like still makes sense. Absolutely. You know? It really drives home the fact that some of this is just like basic human advice yeah on how to like get along in a society yeah just like be a good person yeah which is i mean that's quality stuff yeah it's pretty cool and it's mostly kind of divorced from the rest of the religion in the rest of the bible yeah you know it like it mentions god a lot <laughs> yeah but um not like in the specifics it's not yeah it's not like super theological right. it's mostly just like everyday wisdom 
Every day is a like, winding road, right? Um, and in the end, it really doesn't matter. Life is a highway. Mm-hmm. I want to ride it all night long. Mm-hmm. The bodies hit the floor. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It's like, it's just kind of like everyday advice where where like God is assumed to be the, the cause of it. Mm-hmm. So if I may, I'd like to leave us with two proverbs. Okay. First, let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. <laughs> awesome. That's actually, a, that's a bad part of a proverb. Oh, because that's like what I'm doing right now. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. Kings aren't supposed to drink. Yeah, well, we're not kings. Yeah. And the second one is, and this is about me and you, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Oh. So I hope we continue to sharpen each other oh, for many baby. years, my dear. That's so cute because tomorrow is our ninth anniversary. That's true. So uh, here's to here's to sharpening each other for nine years. <laughs> As iron sharpens iron, my dear. Anyway, that is going to do it for our episode tonight. <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed it. As always, we'd like to thank Elise Carlton for our art and our logo. And we... Uh, or I, at least, would like to thank Nico for his amazing sound engineering skills, as well as all the music for the show. If you want to find us on Twitter, uh, you can do so. We are at Sunschool Drop. We're also on Facebook if you search for Sunday School Dropouts. We have a website. It's sundayschooldropouts.lol. And if you uh, want to email us, it's contact at sundayschooldropouts.lol. We have a very special episode next week. We're not going to tell you anything else about it, except that... We might not be doing the next book in the Bible. (gasps) I know. Make sure that you don't upset anybody else on the train with your shocked gasps. (laughs) And uh, if you want to rate and review us on iTunes, we would super, super, super appreciate it. We would. Absolutely. But that is going to do it for the episode tonight. This has been Sunday School Dropouts. My name is Nico. I'm Lauren. And we will see you on Sunday. Bye. Bye. Bye.